With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to a Week 5 edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-host today, Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. What's up, boys? What's going on? Oh, it's time for wins. That's what's going on. We're here. We're delivering. We're handing out wins like you're going to be handing out nice size candy bars nice. on Halloween. I have a guarantee for the listeners. I guarantee we will be more entertaining than Russell Wilson playing football. Oh, that goes without saying. Holy cow. Maybe we'll uh, get into a little uh, little discussion about the travesty that is the Denver Broncos right now. Let's booed, ride. B- b- booed by their own fans vociferously throughout the game. And I don't think I've ever seen fans leave en masse. Heading into overtime for the, you know, <laughs> it's the coin flip for overtime and the fans are all leaving. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Good for the fans at the, in Denver. Uh, plenty to get to over the course of this show. We'll have take a chance on me. We'll do our three tough questions. We'll have premature speculation and we will break down all 15 remaining games from the NFL slate, beginning with another of the, the tricky early start games be sure to set your lineups. Giants yes. taking on Packers. Yes, I'm excited for it, I, and I'm I'm very happy. Colin's not here this no, week. We Col- couldn't. Yeah, no, we lost him. We can't now, get a hold. My of him. understanding on Colin is um, arrested. Arrested. Yeah. Uh, now you saw um, you, in in London during the Viking game. You yeah. may have seen that nude streaker uh, that uh, that had to eventually mm. security had to get. Yeah. Colin McCockney. Interesting. Yes. At, at least he wasn't the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least he wasn't the one in the Rams game. <laughs> knocked down by Bobby Wagner. Uh, the Giants' pass game is on the bench. How's that for a good start? The whole pass game: Richie, Richie James, David Sills, uh, Daniel Bellinger, who I do like, but like three catches for 30, 40 yards isn't doing you much. Um, it's a Packers D that's top twelve against quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Daniel Jones, he got you the two. Russian touchdowns last week, probably on your bench or on your waiver wire. He probably didn't get it. Correct. Didn't get them for you. (laughs) But he hasn't topped 200 yards all season. It's Kadarius Tony has two hamstring injuries. They're all on the bench. Saquon Barkley, though, it's 
it's an automatic A. I'm, it just is. He's the best. He's the best fantasy running back in football right now. And the QB position is rough. Um, Barkley actually ended up playing extra snaps, the most snaps and touches he's ever played in a single game wow. in his career last week. Mm. Uh, and he was playing. He was playing snaps at quarterback with Daniel Jones. Heard it's, not, it. it's amazing. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor out. Yes. Yeah, he took a lot of wildcat snaps near the end of that game. Anyway, let's move over to the Packers side because there's players that actually matter on this side. Um, not that Barkley doesn't matter, but he's he's, well, he's not the only one that matters. Yes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I have a B grade on since his second annual Week One dismantling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rodgers has thrown for 230 to 255 yards in every game and two scores in every game. So that's a pretty safe B floor. Is is what he's been doing. The Giants' pasty is top ten, but they've not really faced any startable quarterbacks. I guess the closest they faced was Tannehill. Uh, I did, and who went for 266 and a couple scores. So I'd expect Rodgers to lean towards his averages, if not a little better. Got a B grade there on him. Um, Romeo Dubs and El Nazard. I have B grades on both of them. I like them. I just do. I, I like I don't think you can talk me into an A grade that it's possible one of them hits the A and one of them hits the B, but I'm giving them both B's with some upside there. The Giants haven't truly been tested, as I mentioned with the quarterbacks, but even Darnell Mooney, who hadn't done anything all year, found 94 yards against them. And C.D. Lamb the week before had 87 and a score as the lead receiver. Dubs and Lazard have both been playing 90% of the snaps. They both very clearly have Rodgers' trust, both in Rodgers' speak and in his play. Um, He has targeted those two about 50 50% 50% of his passes. So if he throws 30, we're talking 15 targets. We'll take it. And that's probably low-end 30 pass attempts for Aaron Rodgers. Um, over uh, to Robert Tunyon. I do have him on the bench, not even playing half the snaps. You almost need the touchdown, which is tough to count on with Rodgers now that once they get inside the red zone and especially inside the 5 and 10, yeah. it's a pretty even split between run and pass, whereas last year with De- Devontae Adams, pass, yeah. it was all pass. So now they're going half and half, and Tunyon is not seeing that kind of touchdown volume. Giants haven't allowed a tight end touchdown this year, and tight ends are averaging under 40 yards per game. Uh, yeah, sit, sit Tunyon. Over to the running backs. Aaron Jones, I got an A grade on. A.J. Dillon, I have a B grade on. Mm. The Giants are getting tagged weekly by running backs. McCaffrey, Herbert, the Dallas and Titans duos. It's weird to say the Titans duo. It's not really a duo, but, I, you yeah. know, Dontrell Hilliard had two touchdowns against them and did a bunch through the air in week one. But uh, to the tune of 150 yards per game, uh, Dillon has both carries inside the five. Jones gets the targets, which I honestly didn't see coming, but they're splitting the snaps pretty evenly. But given one gets touchdown carries and one gets targets, uh, I got them both. I got them both in, in, with A and B grades here. Okay. Aaron Jones, 6.8 yards per carry to Dylan's 3.7. That's something to, to that's keep a an major eye on. Differential, right? Yeah, there. that's why Aaron Jones, Jones is getting the, great. Yeah, he's getting the A grade there. Dylan the B though. Dylan, Dylan still gets still gets a B in this matchup. The Lions, Brian, have got all kinds of injuries. We uh, we know for sure that uh, DJ Chark is out. DeAndre Swift is out. Uh, Josh Reynolds probably playing, but questionable. Amon Ross St. Brown, game time decision. Help me make heads or tails out of Lions when they take on the Patriots. All right, over to the Patriots side. No, I'm just kidding. All right, we'll, we'll start with, you know, you can't, you cannot dismiss the Lions playing. like that anymore. No, it, long gone are the days where it's like, you're benching the Lions even when they're healthy. Right. It's uh, quite the opposite. Highest uh, scoring team in the NFL. We'll start with, uh, thanks to their awful defense, it's like the perfect storm for fantasy football. Once they get healthy, I'm on route. Once Jameson Williams gets back, oh my lord. This yeah, offense could think be about crazy. That, right? mm-hmm. 
Well, we know Jamal Williams is going to play, and I'm going to give him a B. Uh, should be in line for another bell cow workload. Even when Swift was healthy, Williams was the guy at the goal line for Detroit. He now leads all running backs in the NFL in carries inside the five-yard line. He's done it nine times. Nine There times. she is. Nine times. But be warned, the Pats are stout against the run. Green Bay ran all over them last week, but that game went to the bitter end of overtime, so they played five quarters. Before that, no other opposing back has topped 60 yards rushing against the Patriots, and New England has yet to surrender a running back touchdown through the ground or air. So just the B for Williams, but he should see a a, a lot of volume in this one. As you said, uh, DJ Chark is out. We're going to go with Josh Reynolds, likely to play. Amon Ross St. Brown, true game time decision. If, If... if Sun God plays, I'm going to give him a B um, and a, a C either way for Josh Reynolds. Ooh, I kind of like Reynolds more than you do, but go ahead. Uh, it's 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 a neutral match. I'll, I'll give Reynolds a B if, if St. Brown's out, actually. But if St. Brown's in, C for Reynolds, okay. B for Brown. All right. It's basically a neutral matchup for wide receivers. The Patriots are allowing 11 catches and almost 150 yards per game to wide receivers. Those aren't great numbers as a whole to uh, opposing wide receiver units, but they have surrendered exactly one wide receiver touchdown. In three or four games, uh, if if Amon Ross St. Brown is out, I think Tom Kennedy is kind of interesting. As, as, as <laughs> yeah, the Cedar Cephas also out. Yeah, and, so you it, may have to go to Tom Kennedy. And then there's Khalif Raymond, but Kennedy had the better game last week, so I'll go with Tom Kennedy. So he, he's your Sea Dart if uh, uh, Sun God is out. Um, we know TJ Hawkinson. There it is. Jeez. Is not out, and he's not on the bench this week. Hopefully, he wasn't on your bench. Last week, uh, probably the biggest game in all of fantasy football. Going to give him an A here because the Patriots have surrendered five tight end touchdowns, the most in the league. And lastly, Jared Goff can give him a C. This week's matchup with the Pats likely is toughest to date. Uh, we would prefer if Amon Ross St. Brown plays. If he doesn't, you still got to roll Goff out there just because New England gives up a ton of points and it's forced to, to throw all the time. So uh, New England... Not the greatest matchup, but the C for Goff. And now over to the Patriots side, starting with their running backs. Damian Harris going to give him an A. Yeah. Uh, just across the board, Detroit's defense sucks. So there's <laughs> going to be some startable Patriots this week, unlike past weeks. The Lions have allowed the fourth most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Harris has scored in three or four games this year and has 18 touchdowns over his last 19 games, dating back to last year. So the A for Harris and uh B for Ramondre Stevenson, the matchup, mm-hmm. obviously just as good for Stevenson, who saw 14 carries last week to the 18 from Harris. But Stevenson, Stevenson saw five targets to the one for Harris. Opposing, opposing running backs have caught at least four passes against the Lions in three of four games. Now to the Patriots wide receivers. We'll start with Ugh. who I guess is their alpha number one wide receiver, Devontae Parker. Scored a touchdown last week at Green Bay. The week before that, he had five catches for 156 yards against the Ravens. The Lions are allowing 14 catches for 195 yards and one touchdown per game to opposing wideouts. So Parker is startable, even uh, with the quarterback situation, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a minute. Now, there's, there's some more murkiness for the wide receivers with New England. Jacoby Myers has missed the last couple games. If he plays, I would give him a C. Yep. But if he's out, I think Nelson Aguilar is the C dart for the Patriots, just against this awful line secondary. So that's how I break that situation Jesus. down. And uh, not a C dart, but just a C for Hunter Henry. Johnu Smith, your boy, yeah, charge. He's out. He's out. Always oh, out. <laughs> <sighs> Detroit is top seven in the most catches and yards allowed to tight end. So Henry is startable this week. And you know what? If you're desperate, Bailey Zappi, 
looks to be the starter. Yeah. I mean, like it's against the Lions right now. It's, I'm with you. Look, we've seen we've seen quarterbacks like him play well all year. He played pretty well in, in Green Bay coming off he the bench. I, I mean, was he shocked. That, I mean, and, he looked like I'm looking at him just waiting for him to fall apart. He didn't. If you're in any kind of super flex format, whether it's redraft or especially dynasty, I would grab Zappy right now because he does have long-term upside. I don't know if he'll, he'll see it, but... I will say it would have been nice to see him put any kind of drive together near the end or in overtime, and he just couldn't. Did you guys see the photo of him with Mac Jones? Oh, yeah. The, I've seen the two headshots that look indistinguishable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You would yeah. never know that they're not the same person. Yeah, I've seen the two headshots. Looks, yeah. Bears take on the Vikings. This won't take uh, very long. If... If it turns out David Montgomery does not go, then Khalil Brown Bear Air is an A grade. Bears run on a league leading 62% of offensive plays. And again, if Monty's out, that means Ground Bear's getting a lot of work. And he's played well. He grades as the second most efficient runner, according to Next Gen Stats. He's averaging six yards per carry. Minnesota's allowed rushing touchdowns in every game and ranks 27th in rushing DVOA. There's a great opportunity for Khalil Herbert if Montgomery doesn't go. If Montgomery does go, I got to knock him all the way down to a C in a timeshare role, and I've got a C on Montgomery if he does go. Again, Minnesota's defense is exploitable on the ground. If Montgomery's active, I'm assuming Montgomery's active, he'll get some time, but he's Herbert's should get at least half of the carries, even if Montgomery is active. They'd both get C grades in that event. And the only other bear that you care about is Darnell Mooney coming up the best game of his year by a mile. He did nothing in the first three weeks. He is running mostly from the slot, or he matches up against Vikings cornerback Chandon Sullivan, who's allowed 88% of his passes to be completed. Sullivan's also giving up 12 yards per reception. That's a big number. The problem for Mooney's own always targets. He's seeing four targets per game, but that could change considering his easy matchup with Sullivan. So a C grade on Darnell Mooney. If we go over to the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, automatic A grade. Dalvin Cook also with an A grade here. Chicago hemorrhaging production to opposing running backs, giving up at least 100 total yards to a running back in three straight games. And they're seeing a league high 36 rushes per game against them. Dalvin Cook will not get all 36. But he should get more than 20, and that puts him into a high level of productivity here. The Vikings have run 37 plays from the red zone. Dalvin Cook only has five touches. We've touched on this basically every week, going all the way back to the preseason. We told you we expected this. Vikings have run nine plays from inside the five-yard line. Dalvin Cook has one touch. That's your danger. Cook may need to score from distance. Uh, going to the passing game, I like uh, Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne with C grades. Uh and, well, actually, I'm going to bump up Adam Thielen to a B grade because I don't think cornerback Jalen Johnson is going to go. He's got a quad injury. Um, the Bears have very good safeties, but their cornerbacks are dreadful. Kendall Vildor, Kyler Gordon, awful. They've uh, And Kyler Gordon, who mans the slot, K.J. Osborne owners, they, he's allowed the most passing yards in the NFL, 335 from the slot. Kyler Gordon does not belong on an NFL field. K.J. Osborne, a nice <laughs> sneaky play in this one. And then that brings us to Kirk Cousins. I've got A, B, and C grades on his receivers, so I've got a B grade on Cousins here. The only question really is, teams don't pass on the Bears. They yeah. run yep. all day on they the Bears. Yep. So volume could work against him. Volume and the lead. Chicago yeah. sees the lowest pass play percentage in the league, and they've only given up three passing touchdowns because nobody has to pass. Yep. 
so that's your danger on starting. That felt like a B minus. No, there's a, we've, we covered this last week. Can I make an open plea to Adam Thielen? Yeah, please. He's having a charity function at the Top Golf here in Minnesota on Monday, and I haven't been in weeks, and I was planning to go, but he's closed the whole venue down for a very worthy cause, I'm sure. But Adam Thielen, put me on the list, please. Brian Johnson. <laughs> Brian, add Brian Johnson. To, can't you? It's a charity event. You can't just go and just pay your way in. No, I'm broke. Okay, well, there's that. Uh, speaking of speaking of uh, uh, paying for Brian's salary, you should consider joining a guillotine league. New leagues forming all the time. 14-man leagues, team leagues this week. And then next week, we go down to 13. You know how that works at guillotineleagues.com. We encourage you to give that a try. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. We'll tell you who they are after this. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, 
it's take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. Many are available on the waiver wire. We begin at the quarterback position and Scott Fish. I, uh, I'm i going a little deeper this week. I'm going to go with Cooper Rush facing a Rams defense that you probably wouldn't think is a great matchup, but they've allowed 300 plus and or multiple touchdowns three times this season. Yeah. The other time they did allow a touchdown, a couple hundred yards. Uh, Cooper Rush also gets Michael Gallup. He's got Michael Gallup back now. He gets uh, Schultz back. Uh, Tony Pollard may mess, so they may not run as much. Mm. Eh, never know. Yeah, it's uh, Cooper Rush, and, and it's been widely reported. It's not breaking news. First ever Cowboys quarterback to start a career, 4-0. Yeah. Cooper Rush. I I said this. I Actually, I tweeted this. in uh, right when, And right after Dak went down, Cooper Rush came into that yeah. first game. What happens when Cooper Rush leads this team to a bunch of wins, right. looks good doing it, and then Dak comes back? What if he looks like the same Dak we saw in week one? I, I, I saw a tweet, and I wish I could remember who it was so I could credit them. They said, you better watch out, Cooper Rush. You're playing yourself into a starting role for the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. You're taking a chance with me, quarterback. Brian. Cleveland's Jacoby Brissett at home against the Chargers, who have surrendered surrendered at least 235 passing yards and multiple passing touchdowns in every game so far. Last week, they allowed five completions of 20-plus yards to the very comparable Davis Mills. I like Jacoby Brissett. All right. Uh, what happened to the Chargers' rebuild secondary? Wow. It's broken. Uh, I've got Ryan Tannehill. Nobody gets out of bed going, oh, I can't wait to start Ryan Tannehill, but it's Washington. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns despite playing some third-tier talents like Trevor Lawrence and, and Cooper Rush. Cornerbacks William Jackson and Kendall Fuller own pro football focus ranks at cornerback of 114 and 144. Fuller's allowed the second-most yardage among all cornerbacks. Traylon Burks is going to miss the game, but Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook, Akine, good enough to style Ryan Tannehill. Let's go to the running back position. Scott. Yes, I am going to go with uh, my guy I play in a league with, Tyler Algier. Yeah. I noticed this week that I am playing against Tyler Algier. Oh, in a game he's going to start? And he's starting himself over David Montgomery and over Antonio Gibson. Oh, he's throwing himself in the I lineup like right there. All right. So uh, that tells you how much Tyler Algier feels about himself in this matchup. Uh, they lost Cordero Patterson. They do have Caleb Huntley, who was activated from the practice squad last week to go big against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They're going to have to act him again and he'll have to stay on the active roster after that uh but he he had eight of his 10 carries on one drive he's mostly a big body back he may get goal line work avery uh avery williams is more of a pass catching back but tyler algier is the guy who caught the passes each of the last two weeks in 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 those games so i have tyler algier to get a decent workload against uh against this bucks d that gave up 150 total yards and two scores to the chiefs last week. yeah the oddly yielding bucks run defense last week but still a very good run defense yep uh, Brian, you're taking a chance with me running back. The Rams, Daryl Henderson at home against Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys Oof. are allowing 4.8 yards per carry and more than five catches per game to opposing running backs. Last week, Henderson had 11 opportunities. Those are carries and targets to the nine of Cam Akers, who did absolutely nothing with his. Mm-hmm. Henderson's the better running back on this team. He's going to have a better game between the two. Travis Etienne has been a massive disappointment, but if you're not going to play him against Houston, why is he on your roster? Houston allowing 180 total yards and one and a half touchdowns per game to opposing running backs, both second worst in the league. Etienne hasn't flashed as a receiver like we thought he would. I thought he was going to be sitting on like a 40-catch season. He's not going to come close. But I'll note Houston is bottom 10 in receptions and receiving yards to running backs, so if it's ever going to happen, this might be it. All right, let's go to your take-a-chance-of-me receivers, Scott. 
Yeah, I'm going with George Pickens. You probably you probably haven't been starting him, but uh, he's he's 39% rostered, maybe up a little bit more this week. But he's going against Buffalo. Tough matchup. Doesn't make you feel good. But last week after uh, after Kenny Pickett came in, he was targeted over 30% of the time with uh, Pickett's passes. Yeah. Had 71 yards for 102 yards or 71 of his 102 yards with Pickett, catching all four of his targets. Uh, his average depth of target with Pickett in that second half way larger than Trubisky. Uh, Pickett's attempts were way longer than Pitt, yeah. than Trubisky, and they're fourteen point dogs. I think they're trying to pass to keep it in, keep it pace with the Bills in this one. Yeah, well, uh, I'll look forward to hearing what you think about Najee Harris in a very d- tricky matchup in a couple of minutes. Uh, Brian, let's go to your take a chance on me receiver. I'm going to double down on the Browns and go with Donovan Peoples-Jones against the Chargers, who are allowing more than 160 yards per game to opposing wide receivers, and they've surrendered the second-most touchdowns to the position with six. DPJ has out-targeted and outperformed Amari Cooper in two of four games. Cooper is surely going to draw more attention from the Chargers' defense and is also going to have their hands very full with the run game of the Browns, meaning DPJ should be running routes against single coverage all game long. Corey Davis has been shockingly competent this year. Um, yeah. Actually, in, in many scoring systems, he is a wide receiver, too. Well, they're he, paying him to do do just that. <laughs> in all the leagues, he keeps getting dropped and picked up because people are like, he did well, but he's Corey Davis. He's Corey <laughs> Davis. He, yeah, nobody's enthused about it. Yeah. He's notched at least 74 yards in three or four games. He's got two touchdowns on the season, and he faces a Miami secondary that's been, frankly, terrible. And Xavier Howard's hurt right now. Miami's been pummeled for 195 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Fourth most. They've allowed two 100-yard receivers in the last three games. Davis is eighth in air yards. I don't think of Corey Davis as a deep ball threat, but here he is eighth in air yards. And big plays have been given up by Nick Needham and Xavier Howard, assuming Howard even plays in this game. So, Corey Davis, our final take-a-chance-on-me player. Steelers take on the Bills. Scott, you already told us a little bit about the passing game and how you feel about... um, uh, George Pickens. Yeah. How do you feel about the rest of that <laughs> passing game? And then Najee Harris. I want to hear if you've got a bench grade on Najee Harris. I don't, but I have a non-enthusiastic C grade on All Najee right. Harris. So it's probably in line with the same place you were thinking. The nice part about Najee Harris is he gets a ton of volume, 18 plus touches in three straight. We know he can catch the ball, so he could get involved in that as they fall way behind the Bills potentially. But the Bills D hasn't allowed 50-yard rusher this season. Mm-hmm. The lead back, though, has scored five touchdowns against the Bills somehow. That's <laughs> which, weird. Which is definitely weird. I wouldn't count on that, though. Mm-hmm. Last week, the picket led Steelers had four plays inside the five. Here's another concern for Najee Harris. Two picket runs, one picket pass, and just one carry for Najee Harris of all yeah. those plays inside the five last night with uh, last week with picket running things. Uh, Harris uh, is fifth in the NFL in opportunities inside the five, but just two scores, and there's already concern there. Wasn't super productive with his three and a half yards per carry. His 6.7 per catch is pretty inefficient. The only thing he's got going for him, for me, is the volume C. His likelihood to get 15 to 20 touches, he's probably just going to get enough done, and you got to hope for a score. That's about all you can hope for. Yep. By the way, Jalen Warren is averaging six yards per carry last week, seven and a half the week before. Keep your eyes on that. Still keep your – I said it last week. Pick up these backup running backs. Yeah, that was a great call. Uh 
Kenny Pickett is on the bench, though. The Bills are top five against quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends, and top ten against running backs, so it's a tough matchup for everybody. They did face Stafford, Cup, Henry, Tua, Waddle, Hill, Lamar. They've been tested. Uh, yeah, They've sure. legitimately been tested with those top, those top rankings and defenses. Uh, quarterbacks are averaging 173 yards and just three scores in four games, so Pickett's on the bench. You're not going to be too excited about the pass game. I said... I do like Pickens. I did have a C grade on him. Hope for some deep balls and, and a decent, okay, C-level game there. I have Fryermuth on the bench. He caught three of his four p- targets from Pickett. The one he didn't was one of a, one of them that was picked off, obviously. If, if, if he didn't catch it, it was that's picked right. off. Uh, that's, that's all Pickett did last week. Ten completions to Steelers, three completions uh, to the other team. Uh, the Bills held Andrews, Mark Andrews, to 15 yards and every tight end under 40. Um, going back to last year, only Kelsey, Gronk, Pitts, and Dan Arnold top 50 years, yards on this D. So you have to be on that level, yeah, the Dan Arnold level, to get right. 50, wow. 50 yards against this team. Averaging more than 15 yards per catch, he needs the ball. Evan Ingram time. <laughs> I actually do have Deontay. I actually do have Deontay Johnson on the bench. He's gained a ton of targets, but he didn't get as many with Pickett in. Um, only had 11 yards. His A dot has been terrible. His yards after the catch is hilarious. Six. On the season. Six yards after the catch on the season for Deontay Johnson this year. Um, he's any he, he doesn't even have a single red zone target this year. Mm. That's that's too much concern for me. I have Deontay Johnson on the bench. Over to the other side, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I don't need to talk about their they're gonna be A grades almost every week. Gabe Davis and uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I have C grades on both of them. We're assuming here McKenzie goes. He clears concussion protocol and he goes. Uh, McKenzie scored in three of four. Crowder is now out with a broken foot. This likely bumps McKenzie's snap share up a little. I I expect Khalil Shakir to get in more. I'll talk about him a little bit more later, potentially. Uh, Davis disappeared each of the last two weeks, but they were far tougher spots. The Steelers have allowed 75 plus yards and or a score to six different wide receivers. It's, it's a better matchup for him. I think there's room for him to be that 70 yard, maybe a touchdown C level guy here. Dawson Knox is on the bench. Pretty hard to trust a three to four catch 20 to 40 yard guy any week. Um, and he's probably uh, last I saw he was leaning towards out. He I, might, he I, might officially be out been, by now. I think he's been rolled out. Okay. Uh, Devin Singletary, I have a B grade on here. I like Singletary this week. I really like it. 15-plus touches in back-to-back. Snap percentage has gone way up. Um, In his games, I saw this uh, earlier this week, in his games where he gets at least 70% of the snaps, he's been a top 24 running back in, I believe, seven of those eight games. Wow. So yep, we're looking at – so so you're already looking close to a B. They're 14.5-point favorites. They do bring in uh, James Cook when they get ahead, but Singletary should get a decent volume here. He has 13 catches for 125 yards and a score just through the air in the last two games. So he gets it, he gets it there too. So I have a B grade on Singletary in this one. Uh, let's, sell, let's sell on Najee Harris right now. The schedule's ridiculous. Buffalo this week, then Tampa, Miami, Philadelphia, a bye week, and Saints. Najee Harris is not going to be above a C grade for another eight weeks. Get out of Najee Harris now. And don't turn- buy Najee Harris if you're hearing yeah, this yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> don't be on the other side of that, that flim flam. I would, I would be offering Najee Harris for guys like Damian Pierce. Right, that I think are that, way, way better and safer runners. Not, not just matchup. Uh, you, you know me. I talked. I, Jalen Warren was one of my preseason. You know, get him on the back of your bench sleepers. If if he starts taking more and more of a role, that that paired with a bad matchup is just 
Death. Terrible. Death. Get out of Najee Harris now. Uh, Dolphins take on the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater is your new starting quarterback for the Dolphins, at least for the time being. Get this. I looked this up. He's played 63 game, NFL games, started 63 NFL games. History of the NFL going, well, all the way back to the Super Bowl era, 1966 forward. No quarterback has thrown fewer touchdowns in 63 games <laughs> than Teddy Bridgewater. That's not 1.1 per game. He is a fantasy vacuum that is going to suck the life Man. out of that offense. That's Russell Wilson. But that's just my numbers. opinion. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins take on the Jets, Wilson. Brian. I, I think you're wrong about Teddy this week. You got to give Teddy B a B, uh, especially against the Jets, who are 29th against the pass in DVOA. And Miami has the weapons to do the damage. And don't forget, this is a revenge game of sorts for Teddy, who signed with New York in 2018 in March. They gave up on him before the preseason, traded him to the Saints. He's going to seek his revenge <laughs> on the Jets in this game. Speaking of those weapons. If, if, listen, if all of Teddy's past teams are revenge matches, that's every week. <laughs> I, he hasn't been around that much. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is he eight, is he eight, is he eight teams in right now? Uh, he might be. I'll I don't, I don't think can, it's nine times. Talking. I'm um, uh, speaking of his weapons, Mike Kosicki is not one. He's on the bench. His usage is what we feared, which is absolutely nothing. So you're not starting a Dolphins tight end. But you are going to start Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They've been dealing with some minor injuries this week, but they should be good to go. Going to give both of them a B. The Jets have surrendered the second most wide receiver touchdowns and have, have allowed an opposing wide receiver to top 100 yards in three straight games. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner are a formidable duo at cornerback, but so are uh, Hill and Waddle at wide receiver. So I like them a little more than the Jets' corners. And lastly for Miami, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. I will give both of them a C. It's a fairly neutral matchup. The Jets are allowing over 110 combo yards and a touchdown per game to opposing backs. Mostert saw 18 opportunities to the eight from Edmonds last week. But Edmonds appears to be the preferred option when Miami's in the red zone. So I don't know, I don't know which way to go. I would start I would start one of the flex-worthy if you have Either on roster, if you're going to pick one, I'd go. Most. I, I would go most. I, I think I want the touches. I think Edmonds is still uh, a viable dart throw in this one, and that is it for Miami. Over to the Jets side, starting with Brees Hall. I'm going to give him a C. He appears to be taking over his lead back. For sure, his yes. snap percentage yep. has increased week over week. I would trade Najee Harris for Brees Hall. Oh yeah, you're oh, probably easily. not going to get him. Yeah, uh, so. Hall's also become the primary option in the red zone at running back for the Jets. But this is a tough matchup. Miami is fourth against the run in DVOA, allowing just 57 rush yards per game to opposing running backs. That said, Hall has seen the second most targets among all running backs. And Miami has allowed the fourth most catches to the position. So I might even bump him up to a B in PPR leagues, but a C in standard. You got to bench Michael Carter at this point, because if the trend continues, he's looking at a 30% snap share at best. So he's on the bench. Um, Now over to the Jets wide receivers. Miami could be without corners, Xavier Howard, Keon Crossan, and Byron Jones, which would bode well for all of them. Yes. Uh, If, Xavier Howard, their best corner sits. I'll give Garrett Wilson a B. If he plays, I'll give him a C. Uh, but people were worried Wilson wouldn't get enough attention from Zach Wilson last week, but Garrett Wilson still out-targeted Elijah Moore last week, so I like Wilson more than Moore, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I will give a C to as well. I'd have him on the bench if Miami wasn't so thin at cornerback, but with all the injuries in their secondary, I'll give uh, Elijah Moore one more shot here. He had eight catches for 141 yards and a touchdown in his lone meeting with Miami last year. And Corey Davis, startable as well. Charge, yeah. he was your take, a chance, take me. a chance of me. Receiver. Wide receiver. Tyler Conklin, also startable with a C. With Zach Wilson back under center, Conklin posted season lows in both targets and receptions. That being said, he has a good matchup against Miami, who has allowed the fifth most yards to tight ends 
and surrendered a touchdown to Hayden Hurst last week. And with all those startable pass catcher grades, I got to see on Zach Wilson, who could do a little damage on the ground as well. When we come back, another block of matchups for you, including Texans, Jaguars, which is suddenly overflowing in fantasy options. I like and it. how much, yep. you know, this show loves Damian Pierce. What is the letter grade above A? Find out. Wait, who's I, doing the matchup? I am. Oh, I know what the letter is. <laughs> Find out when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Fantasy Football Weekly continues. Paul Jarchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. If you haven't tried a guillotine league yet, maybe you want to know. Well, you want to join another league. Maybe the league, the team you got in your normal league is floundering. Maybe you're 500, or close to 500. Maybe you just don't love that one. Maybe you want to start a new league. Maybe you always want to try a guillotine league. We've got new drafts basically every day at guillotine leagues. Or you drafted Kyle Pitts. You, that's or what you, you want to say. Well, I, I, I did. I knew it. I yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's been tough. Uh, when let's talk about uh, Titans taking the Jaguars, gentlemen. Beginning with Damian Pierce, rushing output has increased in every game. He caught all six of his targets last week. They weren't throwing to him at the beginning of the year. Yep, now they are. They've figured out what we knew looking at the tape in college. This kid can catch. Yep. Oh man, that newfound receiving prowess could be fruitful against a Jacksonville team allowing the second most receptions and receiving yards to opposing running backs. Every starting running back has had at least 53 total yards against the Jags. That gives you both a safe floor and upside for Damian Pierce with an award to Fantasy Fonzie, so I guess I can't technically do that. By the way, he went to Florida, right? Yeah. What were they thinking? Like not not use him all the time. (laughs) I know. Probably would have won the national championship. Somebody, I saw this on my Twitter. There were people posting, still don't trust Damian Pierce because all they used him at Florida. I'm like, get over it. Just open your eyes and look at the guy's play. Florida man refuses to use Damian Pierce. That's that's the headline. Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, he's faced the Jaguars four times since joining Houston. 
Here's his games. 161 yards, 83 yards, 132 yards, and 102 yards for Brandon Cooks against the Jaguars. It is an improved defense from last year, but their secondary has been very charitable to receivers in particular, yielding five scores to the position that is tied for third most. Brandon Cooks with a B. And for much the same reason, we're gonna we're gonna do a dart throw on Nico Collins coming off a career high 82 yard game. He'll be facing cornerback Tyson Campbell the most. He's allowed two touchdowns in his coverage already this year. Uh, we're gonna keep Davis Mills on the bench, even though I've got B and C grades on Nico Collins, just not much upside. To his game so far doesn't look bad doesn't doesn't engender uh, an opportunity to start let's go to the jaguar side james robinson a bounce back performance coming we saw austin eckler write uh some bad games against this same texans defense now it'll be james robinson coming off a soft game houston allowing 180 total yards and 1.5 touchdowns per games to opposing backs both second most Starters especially have been feasting as they're averaging 135 total yards against the Texans. I already told you uh, uh, Travis Etienne is was my take-a-chance-on-me running back with a C grade on him. Let's go to the passing game. Trevor Lawrence has thrown multiple touchdown passes in three straight games. Safidi only accomplished twice as a rookie all year. One of those games was against the Texans. I like that. B grade on him, and I've got a B grade on Christian Kirk. He's getting a lot of use seeing nine targets per game. Nine times. And that's nine the kind of volume times. that should be helpful against perennial roasty Desmond King in the slot. King was pro football focuses cornerback 119 last year. And so far this year, he's allowing a passer rating of 99 in his coverage. Christian Kirk gets a B grade. Zay Jones expected to return from his ankle injury. Pre-injury, Zay was coming off a great game. 10 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. He runs from all over the field, so he'll draw the aforementioned Desmond King, but also the lackluster outside corners of Steven Nelson and rookie Derek Stingley, who has allowed the fifth most receptions and fourth most yards among all cornerbacks. So he is also a starter in this game. Let's go over to the Falcons taking on the Bucks, Scott. Yeah, so the Falcons, I actually don't have a lot of starting grades here. I already talked about Tyler Algier. I had a C grade on him. He's my uh, take-a-chance-on-me runner this week. I have Williams and Huntley on the bench. I, I don't know that they'll quite get the volume against a Buxty that, you know, has been pretty good over the last year or so. They weren't great last week, but I have them on the bench. Uh, Marcus Mariota. He gets a Bucks D that faced Prescott, Winston, Rogers, Mahomes, held them to an average of under 250 yards and six scores between them. So I got him on the bench. He's not For even sure. running the ball anymore. I know. That he has 23 bad. yards on the ground since week one. Yeah. So he's point. on the bench. Uh, Kyle Pitts is obviously on the bench because he's not he's playing. Out. He's out. Alameda uh, Z- <laughs> Zacchaeus. I actually do have him on the bench. I know he might get a little more work with Pitts out, but he only ran eight routes last week. He's oh. barely involved. He plays half the snaps. He's getting about two catches per week. It just so happens Nobody's he's starting Olamide okay. Zacchaeus anyway. Uh, all right. My only other grade for the Falcons is Drake London, who I do have a B grade on, averaging eight targets per game. Once again, probably go up a little, boy, a little bit this week. He's the alpha role in the offense. They just don't pass as much. Uh, leaving London probably in the 50 to 85 range most weeks. This week, maybe a little bit more because he gets a middle-of-the-pack matchup. The The Bucks have allowed seven different receivers to have over 50 yards and or a score. I think that's where London is going to live this week, maybe a little more upside. On the other side, 
I have a B grade for Tom Brady, which weirdly feels high this season, know, right? Well, it is on the season, but he's finally getting his receivers back. He's getting his receivers back. The Falcons have allowed multiple scores to every quarterback they faced, not named Jacoby Brissett. Mm. The other three averaged 288 yards and 2.3 scores. Uh, Brady hasn't been lights out, but his best two games were the last two weeks. And it, so he's trending up, and it's a favorable spot here. He's got Mike Evans with an, basically an automatic A grade. He just scores too often. He's Brady's main target. Godwin, I have the B grade on. Uh, he slid back into the lineup last week, and the Bucks stopped throwing to other wide receivers almost completely. He played 83% of the snaps, commanded 10 targets. The Bucks will likely get ahead, but they'll need points on the way there against a Falcons defense that's fifth worst against wide receivers, allowing fourth most receptions, ninth most yards, and seventh most touchdowns. Uh, in the running game. Yeah, now this is where it gets interesting. You know, it. it I, I may not I, – I, I, touted Rashad White on this show many, many times, but he he had eight touches to Fournette's 10, but Fournette still stayed involved in the passing game. They just didn't run much. Um, he was my pre-spec last week. Five catches for 56 yards and a score, but you take away the score. Like, it's it's okay. I don't even have a startable grade here on him, but I can, I can see in a real pinch, like a real dart throw, maybe throwing Rashad White in. But for Fournette, I have a B grade on him. Had 17 pluses each of the last three weeks uh, falling behind to the chiefs last week was a complete cha- uh, game script shift for them. I don't think that happens here. I think they get ahead of Atlanta and they stay with the foot on the ground um, and he'll get back to his workhouse ro- workhorse role. His pass catching came back, which you like to see the last two weeks. Um, only one backs top back top 70 yards against the Falcon. And it took over 20 touches but their ranking is mostly predicated on pl- not playing a lot of great backs, and I think they get ahead and stay on the ground. So be great on Fournette. I have a bench on C, but if you're really, really, really pressed for Rashad White, I guess you could. Man, you're way more optimistic on Leonard Fournette than I am. Declining yards in every game this season. Yeah. Declining ca- uh, declining carries in three straight down to three rushes last Le- week. Last week I take oh. away. F- I, th- last week I put his game script. All right, let's go to our final set of matchups. Chargers taking on the Browns. All right, starting with uh, Austin Eckler for the Chargers, an A for him. Currently on pace for 115 catches right now, which wow. is crazy. Also has at least 13 carries in three or four games. The Browns are averaging a rushing touchdown allowed on every 15 carries they yield. The second worst carries per touchdown rate in the NFL. So a smash spot for Eckler. Uh, now, Keenan Allen, unlikely to play this week. So we're going to continue on as though he's not playing. Uh, even with, with Allen out, I only have a B for Mike Williams. He does have two touchdowns over his last three games and currently leads all receivers in pro football focuses contested catch grade. Yeah. But he'll face a tough test in corner Denzel Ward, who allows 51 yards per game in his coverage and has surrendered just one score. And the Browns just designated cornerback Greedy Williams for return from injured reserve last season greedy had the lowest completion percentage of any Browns defender who saw more than 24 targets. Now I just said Allen most likely not playing. So even though it's not a great matchup on paper, I will give Josh Palmer C. You want a starting wide receiver in this Chargers offense. And uh, you do want to start Gerald Everett. He is questionable right now, but should likely play. He he's thrived with Keenan Allen on the bench has notched 13 plus PPR points in three or four games. Mm-hmm. Cleveland allows 60 plus yards per game. Two tight ends, but they have yet to surrender a touchdown to the position, but Everett could be the first to uh, cross a stripe for a tight end against the Browns. And uh, lastly, Justin Herbert, Air Bear. I'm waiting for the button. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I'll keep going. So far, 
Bears loud, man. So far, the Browns have faced Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Sad Trombonski, and Marcus Mariota. Mm. Uh, not a great uh, or not a murderer's row no, quarterbacks by any means. The return of Greedy Williams is a big boost, but Air Bear still has a skill set and weapons to have a productive day. Over to the Brown side, Nick Chubb. A for him. The Chargers are allowing 6.1 rushing yards and 1.3 touchdowns per game to opposing backs. That being said, somehow the Chargers have not allowed a rushing touchdown in the red zone this season on 13 carries. It's all come from distance, like hmm. Damian Pierce did. Yeah, that's last changing week. right here. So, uh, but regardless of that, still an A for Nick Chubb and a C for Kareem Hunt. The Chargers allowing 150 plus combo yards per game to opposing running backs. So there should be enough to go around for Hunt, who is averaging around three catches and 60 combo yards per game. Over to the wide receivers for the Browns. I already like Donovan Peoples-Jones. This might take a chance on me, wide receiver, but I also like Amari Cooper even more. Going to give him a B. Mm-hmm. L.A. is allowing more than 160 yards per game to opposing wide receivers, and they've surrendered the second-most touchdowns to the position. Cornerback J.C. Jackson, who was the Chargers' prize offseason yeah, acquisition. He's been playing hurt. Yeah, he's been dealing with a nagging ankle injury that's hampered his ability to shut down opponents. Uh, he's been allowing 94 yards per game, also having oh, a 91%, oh, man. 91% catch rate and 149 passer rating in his coverage. So love Cooper. Uh, also like David Njoku, Njoku with a C. Uh, over the last two weeks, 14 catches for 162 yards and a touchdown. L. Uh, Lack has yet to surrender a tight end touchdown. And they've only allowed a combined five catches for 69 yards of the position over the last two games. But I still got to start in Joku. And Jacoby Brissett was my take a chance on me quarterback. <sighs> done. Yes. Uh, well done. Uh, there's still so there's still a little buffer time. You didn't have okay. to rush quite that much at the end. But that gives me a chance to remind people, if you want to check out all of my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com. And if you want to join a guillotine league, we've got drafts going basically anytime there's not a game actively going on. We've got live guillotine league drafts at guillotineleagues.com. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next, including three tough questions. Find out if you can go 3-0 and against our panel of experts when we return. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Welcome back. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul Charchian. Scott is at ScottFish24. Mm-hmm. And follow Brian at BTXJ. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with the aforementioned tough questions. See if you can get as many right or more as Scott and Brian. Tough question number one. What is the appropriate level of concern for Travis Etienne? Is it none, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Scott. This is kind of tough because it is it from the time you drafted him or from how you felt two and a half weeks ago because <laughs> those might be very different. But I'm I'm starting to lean where I I'm not I don't have concern anymore. I was a little more concerned a couple weeks ago, but Robinson's yards after contact have gone down all four weeks. His snaps have gone down from sixty three percent week two to fifty eight percent week three to forty seven percent week four. He's losing his snaps to Etienne, who has gone up from thirty seven percent week two, forty three percent week three, fifty one percent in week four you would re- you'll remember in week one he got a lot of snaps and made a decent amount of errors out there i think he got punished week two and he's slowly building back to be that starter um he's more involved in the passing game than robinson for obvious reasons uh finally saw a touch count equal to robinson's last week uh, maybe it's com- compared to where you drafted him but based on where i was a few weeks ago I have no concerns over ETN, and we already talked last week about seven of the next eight games are against defenses ranked 18th or worse against running backs. Like, he, he has a great lineup of, of matchups, even if he's splitting carries. I'm not worried at all. All right, so none is your none, answer. None. That was Brian, a long-winded way to was, say that. That was, uh, but lots of good data in there. Brian, what is the appropriate level of concern for Travis ETN? Is it none, some, or blowed? I think I have one data point that Scott failed to mention there, but uh, I'm with him. I got none. Based on uh, his ADP, he hasn't lived up to that. That's kind of concerning. But looking forward, signs are promising. His snap percentage has gone up week over week. He outsnapped James Robinson in week four. As Scott said, they had the same amount of touches. Uh, and speaking of James Robinson, he has gained more than three yards on just 42% of his carries. That's the fewest in the NFL. ETN is at 59%. Mm. He's been more efficient. All right. So no concern. He'll be okay. Uh, there should be some concern. We're still talking about a guy who's averaging four yards per carry, has really not put together a single meaningful fantasy game, and I don't see how you guys can suddenly be like, oh, he's fine. But <laughs> I had assumed you were going to go – I had assumed you were going to go the other direction on this. I had many of the same data points uh, on the positive side that suggests that there could be trouble ahead for James Robinson, And but Scott already hit on many of those. I think the upside here for ETN is he's got to grow into the receiving role that he should have already had. And for reasons I'm not clear on, they haven't used him that way. And especially when you consider this coach, this Peterson-led coaching staff, it traditionally threw to backs all the time. And it's the gotta Lawrence show up threw to him point. all the time in college. Right. So, well, later in college, early in college, ETN had problems. So that, what but. gives that, you know, if I'd like to think he's going to fill that out, there is still some level of concern for Travis ETN. Tough question number two. You're what just is, a worry wart, Charge. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say it was a... Below. Tough That's question level. number two. What is the appropriate level of concern for George Kittle? Is that none, some, or a bowel loosening level of existential dread? Brian. I was close to bloat here, but I'm just going with some. We wouldn't blowed, be, a near, you just had a near bloat near experience. Near bloat experience, but I'm just going with some. We, we wouldn't be having this conversation if he got both feet down in the end zone last <laughs> week and he was pretty was close. Pretty close, but uh, here we are. 
yes, the usage for Kittle has been criminal. Six targets in his two healthy games played so far, but he's still an elite talent. And look, tight end is a wasteland. You can't panic too much about George Kittle, especially with guys like Kyle Pitts missing games. Dawson Knox is out. I mean, some concern, but I'm not blown. Okay, Scott, so what is the appropriate level of concern for George Kittle? None, some, or blowed? So I have some as well. And honestly, if he'd gotten his feet down and scored last week, it wouldn't have changed my answer, really. Just one red zone target this entire year. Mm. Over his last eight games, including playoffs, he has just one game over 30 yards and just one touchdown. He's blocking at a similar level to previously, but his ADOT has gone way down because they're having him chip off the line more. I believe he ran something like 19 routes on 26 drop or 26 routes on 31 dropbacks last week. But the problem is he's chipping a lot when he goes out for his routes. So he's not getting further down the field. Sometimes he's not getting it as open. Um, so I think there's some concern. Once he does come back, I'm I'm a little worried that, you know, that lower ADOT, he won't have as big a games because he has those. Last year, he had, had those huge potential blow-up games. He's still, like, the top tight end in the league the last couple of years in yards after the catch. So he has possibilities to have those huge games. They're probably still coming, but still some. Some. They're not using him the way I wish they would. They're not using they're not using George Kittle the way they should. I we I brought this up. Yeah, it might have been late preseason. I think George Kittle's entire career, he's been thrown to five times on on plays inside the five yard line. Yeah. It was something crazy like that. We we're like, well, how do you not throw to him more? Um, and to Brian's point, and the correct answer is some appropriate level of concern for George Kittle. You can't just pivot to some rando waiver wire tight end and expect anything. Yeah, It's really, really hard to pull that off and very unlikely to do that on a regular pace here. You're going to have to kind of live with it, unfortunately. His last eight games for George Kittle, two and a half catches, 28 yards, 0.125 touchdowns per game it is never a good sign when you're expressing a player's (laughs) touchdowns in the thousands place i love that we had the same exact stat but framed it in two (laughs) different ways (laughs) um and you hit on some of my other points he's still running a ton of routes so they just don't throw to him i but i'm not in a total panic yet no we're not blowed yet because eventually good players get utilized and he's too good of a player george kittle to not be utilized only some level of concern Tough question number three. What is the appropriate level of concern for Gabriel Davis? None, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Scott. So my answer is some here, and it's mostly because he's hurt, and he's still hurt, and he's going out there hurt. Uh, Film guys, some really good film guys this week noted this. I'm blanking on a couple. I know Josh Norris from Underdog was one of them. Showed a couple film clips of him like he does not turn quickly on his routes anymore. He's not he's not as crisp because he's harboring that injury. Um, And he's still playing almost all the snaps. He won't come off the field for it to heal it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's some in the short term. And if he re-aggravates it, that's only going to cause more of an issue. Once he's healed, I wouldn't feel as bad. But it's some because he's not. It doesn't seem like he's letting it heal. Okay. Brian, what is the appropriate level of concern for Gabe Davis? None, some, or blowed? Yeah, not much to add. I have the same answer with some. Uh, He's been banged up. I'll cut him a break. He had six touchdowns last year, and no, that doesn't include the four in the divisional round (laughs) against the Chiefs. Uh, That was regular season touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns in his rookie year. I trust he'll get healthy, hopefully, and when he does, he'll play every snap. Stephon Diggs draws a ton of attention, so 
not panicking too much yet about Gabe Davis, just some level of concern. Uh, I've got none. Uh, I, you okay. know, we are still talking about a player who went berserk in the playoffs, scored all those touchdowns last year, went berserk in week one, then this ankle injury. I'm assuming the ankle injury that he's not going to just play hobbled all year long, that it's either yeah. going to heal or he'll take enough time off to get it right. And I want, I want part of the number two receiving yep. option for Josh Allen. Once that, once he's healthy, Yep. if you're good enough to dominate playoff teams, you're good enough to handle the regular season slate, which is also, by the way, very positive for the bills. We we basically had the same answer. I was just debating whether I should say some or none. Cause it's, he's got to let that thing heal. Gabriel Davis will not face a defense in the top 12 against wideouts until week 16. Oh, boy. And you'll lose your fantasy championship right there, <laughs> right, right on against that. the Bears. Oh, man. <laughs> so, by the, and it's only, the Bears are only only in the top 12 because nobody they, passes, nobody passes on, on them. On them. So, yeah. The Bills don't care. They keep passing. They showed last year. They keep passing when they're ahead. They don't right. care. They don't care. Titans take on the Commanders. There's a handful of players here. Actually, more than you might have guessed that we want to talk about, including Derrick Henry. Commander's pass defense is awful, and the run defense is pretty good, including completely shutting down the Eagles and the Cowboys the past two weeks. Henry's been good in back-to-back games, including 11 targets the last two weeks. That totally unlocks a whole different kind of upside for Derrick Henry. Washington has been solid against pass-catching backs, though. Still, hopefully, Henry can chip in a bit through the air. I've just got the B grade because this is a good run defense, even though Derrick Henry's trucking right now. Ryan Tannehill was my take a chance on me quarterback. You may recall that from last hour. And that means I like his number one receiver, Robert Woods. Traylon Burks is out, so Woods becomes the go-to receiver against one of the league's worst secondaries. Wood runs 92% of the team's routes, running from every spot on the field and positive matchups no matter where he's lining up, including going up against outside cornerbacks William Jackson and Kendall Fuller, who I detailed earlier, disastrous pro football focus grades. And Jackson's got an almost perfect passer rating against him, 155. And Fuller's allowed the second most passing yards among all cornerbacks. And that's why you could also be great in Woods. That's why also Nick Westbrook-Akine comes in as a dart throw C grade against that same set of receivers or cornerbacks. So, yeah, let's give him a crack here. What is our record for using that sounder in the show? I swear we're up to five or six. I think we're only on three. I think I've been pretty subdued on the dart throws right here. It's like a game of cricket. Let's go over to, I, I don't understand how cricket works, but I know I'm, I'm a lot less interested in any sport that takes five days. Well, no, the, the dart game, cricket. Oh, that game. Yeah, I don't know. Not how, like Indian I don't know how, style. No. no. Uh, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Uh, let's go over to the Washington side where I've got a surprising number of starters with B grades, including all parts of the, all meaningful parts of the passing game. Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas all coming in with B grades. For Wentz, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde season. I think we're going to get the good version. Is Jekyll the good version or Hyde the good version? Jekyll good, pretty sure. Jekyll good, Hyde, Hyde bad. bad. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go with that. We're going to see the Jekyll version against a very bad Tennessee secondary. Ten- Tennessee's a lot surrendered the third most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns in the league. Now, Wentz has been sacked a league high 17 times. Well, it was league high before Thursday night. I think now Matt Ryan is the leader. He's got the extra game. Tennessee has registered 10 sacks already. So you could get the meltdown. You could get the hide side of Wentz, but I'm on the Jekyll side of Wentz with the B grade. And that means I like McLaurin. He runs predominantly from the left side of the field. That puts him on cornerback Christian Fulton, who is allowing a perfect passer rating in his coverage. He is the only cornerback with that horrible distinction. 
The Titans have yielded the fourth most yards and second most touchdowns to receivers, which is part partly why I also like Curtis Samuel in this game. He spends 70% of his snaps in the slot where he'll see cornerback Roger McCreary, who's giving up an 82% catch rate. I think you're going to get continue to get a lot of volume out of Curtis Samuel. And then Logan Thomas, if you need a tight end, he's available in over half of leagues still. Titans are getting rocked by opposing tight ends, ranking bottom five in tight end receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed, including giving up 180 yards to tight ends last week. Logan Thomas, B grade, the last guy we need to talk about. And it could be potentially in his last start of his career, Antonio Gibson. Oh, boy. He's gotten declining snaps in every game. He's averaging 3.3 yards per carry, including negative yards over expectation. He's he's given the receiving work to J.D. McSuckett, and Brian Robinson is looming. The Titans have held opposing running backs under 70 rushing yards per game in their last three Basically, the only reason a C grade is on Antonio Gibson is you're hoping he can turn a dozen carries into 40 yards, and maybe he finds his way into the end zone before Brian Robinson shows up to take that job. Our final say, uh, matchup of this segment is the Seahawks taking on the Saints. Scott Geno Smith, yes. turning, your offensive, your reigning offensive yes. player of the week in the NFC. Yeah, my take a chance on me player to that last week. Yeah, very nicely done, by the way. Yes. What do you think about this week? Tougher matchup with the Saints. Yeah, much tougher matchup. I wouldn't expect the 320 yards and two scores through the air, 49 and a score on the ground quite this week. Uh, Much tougher test. Saints D, who is allowing 212 yards and a score on average. That'll be much more like his first two games against the Broncos and 49ers. But in those games and in last week, he tallied six to seven rushes, 40-plus yards. He's got that upside that gives you a little bit more floor than those quarterbacks had on that Saints D. I do have a C grade on him just for that probably over 200 yards score through the air some rushing work um tyler lockett and dk metcalf are the only receivers i don't have a i don't have a grade on disley uh he's still splitting despite he keeps scoring touchdowns he's still splitting quite a bit and the saints are tops against tight ends holding all to 23 yards or fewer but tyler lockett and metcalf are the only receivers i got grades on b grades for both the hope here is lockett and metcalf can recreate what thielen and jefferson did last week in london against the saints uh that isn't unrealistic considering the saints had previously allowed the top two receivers they faced to see startable level production closer to bc level Mm. but these two are better talents than the ones a lot closer to thielen and Jefferson than the ones that those other uh, receivers that notch those totals. They also get way more volume. Um, their combined target share was 17 targets, 23 targets, and 18 targets each of the in, the in the last three weeks. If we're talking dang near double-digit targets for each of them, I'm going to give them B grades. Um, possibly one is going to end up with an A. I just don't know which one because they have been flipping which one's going to be the A grade each week. Um, on the other side... Uh, Andy Dalton, I do have on the bench. I know he had 236 and a score last week. Um, This is a much tougher matchup here, though, against the Seahawks, or 
Yeah, against the Seahawks than the Vikings were. Uh, I have a B grade on Chris Olave. Led the Saints in targets and yards once again on the QB change. It didn't matter except his upside maybe a bit because he didn't get as many air yards, get as much down the field, but he still saw the target volume. And with Michael Thomas out, he's going to be the main guy getting the work. Jarvis Landry's got the injury. He's questionable. He didn't even get much work last week with uh, with Andy Dalton in as well. I believe he only had two catches last mm. week, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. Um... Kamara's back. Kamara should be back. He says he's playing. Kamara yeah. says he is 100% playing. So Good. even though he put in a couple limited practices this week, I have an A grade in a smash spot. He had a smash spot last week, but he's got a smash spot this week as well, possibly with Dalton's checkdowns. Uh, I think he can do it on the ground as well because Seattle is allowing nearly 170 total yards on 30 touches per wow. game to runners. Kamara's going to get most of that, especially now that Latavius Murray's gone. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Mark Ingram banged up, so he might get nearly all of that 30 touches yeah yeah that's a let's hope that alvin kamara turns it around because his people who spent first round draft pick on him are languishing this might be i don't know this might be an opportunity to buy an alvin kamara i will i will say he was really going in the second there, there was one person on this show talking about taking him in the first oh, yeah, but most but people <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding guy, so yeah with, I'm, with saquon barkley uh, uh, yes yes <laughs> i was that's that's a heck of a call. At the turn, yes. Barkley Kamara. Yes. Kamara will pay off. I was I was just joking. Kamara we, is good. When we come back, Eagles taking on the Cardinals. We'll tell you what to expect from the, the Eagles offense, which has been running great, but not always easy to find the right player. We'll help you figure that out when we come back. Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. We continue analyzing all of the matchups across the NFL. Coming up next, Eagles taking on the Cardinals, Brian. 
It's somebody every week's blowing up. It was A.J. Brown, Devon Smith, then it was Miles Sanders. Who do you like to have the big game here against a relatively suspect and yielding Cardinals defense? They're, they're kind of sneaky good, the Arizona defense. We'll get I'm into that a little bit. I, just the opponents don't impress me. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, it was Miles Sanders who went off last week, but I don't think it's going to be him this week. Just to see for Sanders, the volume hasn't been there for opposing running backs against the Cardinals. Just one has logged more than 13 carries and no loan back as top 70 rushing yards against Arizona, who just held Christian McCaffrey to 27 rushing yards on eight carries last week. No kidding. McCaffrey did have nine catches for 81 yards and a touchdown through the air, but Kenneth Gainwell was a threat to eat into that works, hence the C for Sanders. I do have Gainwell on the bench, though, just uh, just not the right time to start Kenneth. Uh, over to the wide receivers for Philly. Uh, B for A.J. Brown. Wanted to give him an A, but no lone receiver has hit at least 80 yards against the Cardinals, and that includes Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. That shocks me. Yeah, Arizona I has. I don't see the talent there, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Arizona has also allowed just two wide receiver touchdowns all season, uh, none over the last two weeks. That being said, the Cardinals rank last in yards after the catch allowed, while Brown ranks sixth in yak among all players. So the B for Brown and a C for Devontae Smith. Yeah, now this has been the boom or bust player. I think along with Amari Cooper, the most boom and bust receivers in the league. What do you think this week? Yeah, definitely up there. Just the C. Uh, he has the target share north of 20% still, which that. is good. And just it's tough. You can't sit Smith. The Eagles have the fourth highest implied team point total this week. Mm-hmm. So you're just not sitting Devontae Smith. He gets a C. And you're definitely not sitting Dallas Goddard this week. He gets an A. I think I might give him the fantasy Vonzi A. All right. Uh, the Cardinals. You don't have to actually say it. We've got Fonzie right here. I think I do it better than Fonzie. Better you than can the tell, original? You can tell that to Winkler. Send that to Winkler personally for me. He texts uh, a lot. I bet you do. Uh, the Cardinals have allowed the second most PPR points to the tight end position and have the worst team pass coverage grade according to Pro Football Focus. I just mentioned that uh, A.J. Brown ranks sixth in yards after the catch among all players. Dallas Goddard second no way. in yards wow. after the catch. Wow. Wow. All not players. That. So I uh, love Goddard this week. And, of course, you love Jalen Hurts. He gets an A. We're not going to go into that any further. Over the Arizona side, James Conner, just a C for him. The volume has been there, but the efficiency has been lacking. He ranks 50th among running backs in yards after contact yeah, per attempt. bad. Since week two, no starting running back has been able to top 32 rushing yards against the Eagles. But... Philly has allowed four rushing touchdowns in the red zone to running backs this season. That's tied for second most in the NFL. So if they get in the red zone, Arizona, that is. Connor has a chance to score, so he gets a C. Marquise Brown, he's playing at an A level, but it's a tough he matchup is. here. Uh, so he just gets a B for me, uh, averaging 11 targets per game. 11 targets yeah. per game. He should continue seeing that type of volume with DeAndre Hopkins still serving his suspension. But like I said, it's a tough matchup. The Eagles are allowing less than 140 yards per game to wide receivers as a whole. But on the bright side, Philly has surrendered two wide receiver touchdowns in two of four games. And Terry McLaurin topped 100 yards against them in week three. So you still got to start Brown uh, confidently. Uh, I'm not starting Rondell Moore or Greg Dortch. They're both on the bench. Dortch saw just one target last week with Moore back in the lineup. Moore caught just three passes for 11 scoreless yards. Well, that's up. so Rondell Moore. That's yeah, the most Rondell Moore stat line ever, pretty much. So, uh, again, tough matchup. They are both on the bench. But Zach Ertz definitely not on the bench in a revenge game against his former team. He gets a B. Ertz is the only tight end to see at least two red zone targets in every game. He leads all tight ends in that category with 10. The Eagles allowed just three catches to Jacksonville's tight ends last week, but they're playing Evan Engram like a bunch of idiots and not Dan Arnold. <laughs> 
Uh, but Minnesota's <laughs> tight ends combined for seven catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown against Philly in week two. It should have been more. Yeah, it could have been a lot more. Irv Smith Irv dropped Smith. that long one. So, uh, but you're start, starting Ertz with confidence for sure. But not starting Kyler Murray yep. with confidence. I'm still starting him. <laughs> yes. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him I a C. I was nervous. I've benched yeah. him in a couple of leagues. If you have a better option, in a, it, it, this is one quarterback leagues only, basically. Yeah, I, right. I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say don't start Murray. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough matchup. Philly third in interceptions, first in sacks. And I've yet to allow more than 225 passing yards in any game. The Eagles only third highest opponent passing play percentage, which is good, but they are currently allowing more rushing, more yards per rushing attempt, five than per pass attempt, 4.8. Man. So Murray's got to get going on the ground to really have a good fantasy day here. I see. I think he's bench worthy. It depends. It it is. It depends who else he got available. Uh, let's take Bengals and Ravens next. On the Bengals side, A grades for Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. You're going to start them no matter what anyway, but I'll just punctuate it by saying Baltimore has allowed the second most scores to wide receivers, and they rank dead last in yards allowed to wide receivers, 242 per game just to that position. Adelson brings in Tyler Boyd into this conversation. Running from the slot, Boyd gets the strongest individual matchup of the Bengals receivers. The Ravens have not found a solution at slot cornerback. They tried their first starter was a guy named Demarion Williams. Then he was so bad, they benched him. Then they tried Brandon Stevens last week, and Stevens gave up a touchdown to Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie out of the slot last week. So they don't have a solution there, and Tyler Boyd is a nice, sneaky start. But is he a... Yeah, why, well, yes, he is. He's a dart throw. He's a dart throw. Can someone bitch. tweet us how many times that sounder was I used? I believe that would be four dart throws in this show. I believe it's more. I'm taking uh, way the over. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I will take the way, over. Way over. Smash way over there. Four dart throws. We got to exactly. sharpen that dart. Hayden Hurst gets a C grade. The Ravens have surrendered two touchdowns at the position so far. And last season, C.J. Ozuma, then with the Bengals, totaled eight catches, 127 yards, and two touchdowns in the two games against Baltimore. So if Hertz can be anything close to what Uzoma was last year for the Bengals, a nice start for him, C grade. And then there's Joe Mixon, who to my eyes has looked pretty lethargic so far. He has failed to top three yards per carry in any game. Awful. Fortunately, they don't stop giving him the ball. A league leading 25 touches per game. He's got a decent matchup against a Ravens team, allowing the 11th most total yards to opposing running backs. He's seeing, by the way, six targets per game for Joe Mixon. So he's going to help out through the air a little bit here. B grade on Joe Mixon. Let's go over to the Baltimore side, where Mark Andrews is an obvious A grade, although I don't. Rashad Bateman getting ruled out does not help Mark Andrews. No. Rashad Bateman opens up the field with the speed that he's got. I don't like that part. Uh, and that's part of why I've knocked Lamar Jackson down to a B grade. The loss of Bateman Hurts is the other wideouts, Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson, are incredibly lightly used, averaging two catches per game apiece. And uh, all of them get... were. Bateman has 11 catches on the season. He's got yeah, three he's startable three. weeks, but he has 11 catches on the season. That's somehow. it. I know. Um, I just don't know where they go to manufacture a bunch of reps for Lamar Jackson in this one. Basically, you're hoping he runs you to a big game. And he ran for 88 yards in last year's meeting against the Bengals, so maybe that's um, maybe that's a sign. So hopefully a B grade on Lamar Jackson, and then um, I've got Devin Duvernay on the bench. Just the the, the uh, two three targets per game and two receptions. And by the way, the cornerbacks for Cincinnati, Eli Apple and Chadobia Wuzier are playing very well. So 
I don't I don't think we're going to go that far down the depth chart in this one. Lastly, J.K. Dobbins. Only 3.2 yards per carry last week, but he got the two touchdowns against a very good Bills defense and established himself as the go-to runner. Justice Hill's been ruled out of this game. Cincinnati's run defense is good. No back is top 53 yards, so we're really looking for more short touchdown runs from J.K. Dobbins. Our final matchup of this segment, 49ers taking on the Panthers. Scott? Yeah, so let's start on the 49ers side. Jimmy G, let, let's start with this. The Panthers D ranks pretty much middle of the pack against every position. Mm. <laughs> uh, just last year, they were very good against most positions. It were. Although J.C. Noticed. Horn is an emerging elite yes, cornerback. Yes. Uh, Jaco- uh, where, where where was I? Jacoby Brissett and, De- Brissett and Daniel Jones uh, had bad days, but then they allowed 353 and a score to Winston. That was that's really why they're in middle of the pack. Three score day to Kyler. Um, some good ones, some bad ones. I got Jimmy G on the bench though, but I do have an A grade on Curtis Samuel. You're you're not bet. Nobody's benching Curtis or uh, Debo uh, yep. Debo Samuel yep. at all. Um, yeah. Uh, the lead receiver against the Panthers the last two weeks combined for 15 catches, 235 yards and a score. I do have Brandon Ayuk on the bench, averaging just three catches and 46 yards per game. That's barely even sea level. And if you look at the the second wide receiver against the Panthers, two for 11, five for 50. Mm. Like these are the top games yeah. against, against this Panther as the second receiver. I'm leaving him on the bench. I do have a C grade on Kittle. As we kind of mentioned in the previous segment, the three tough questions, you're not benching him because just because he's got the obvious upset of a hundred plus day and a bunch of catches. Well, where are you going to pivot just, to if you do bench Kittle? Yeah, exactly. Where are you going to pivot to? And just, just recently Ertz had a 47 yard day and a score against the Panthers. So it can get done. They've, they've allowed some okay days, some to Ertz and a couple other middle of the pack uh, tight ends. So I give him a C grade. Jeff Wilson Jr., B grade. The best part of Wilson's usage is he sees it all. He has 33 <laughs> he he has 33 touches to 3 for other runners and two of those were use check. You know like so he gets everything out there. In those he had a, in the last couple the two games with Mitchell and TDP, uh Ty Davis Price, out he had 180 total yards in a score. So he's averaging about 90. The Panthers got crushed by the Browns and runners in week 1, week 1, but have allowed about 80 yards per game since to the lead running back. That's probably where Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to lie this game 80 to 90 yards. You hope for a score. But the Panthers have not allowed a touchdown to a lead runner yet this year. So only the B for Wilson. Over to the Panthers side. I have, once again, for the second week in a row, the entire passing game on the bench. Yeah, I just sure. can't you trust can't, Baker not, not Mayfield. Not against the 49ers. This is the best defense in the league. They have the number one pressure le- pressure rate on quarterbacks in the league. They, they get pressure on the quarterback on 43% oh, of their plays. Man. So, not looking good for Mayfield. DJ Moore had 11 targets last week, catching six for 50. That's an okay fantasy day. The matchup isn't great. Um, the volume paired with being the top target against the 49ers the last couple weeks were 9 for 100. And seven, eight for 90, 14 for 122. Mm-hmm. I actually just changed my mind. I think I'm giving DJ Moore a C. I don't love it, but the top wide receiver is. I don't see it. Yeah. This is a nice. All right, back on the bench. Back on the bench. points per game. Fine. Back on the bench. Number two in that off, yards. That offense is going to have trouble moving. And I've changed are. my mind again. Back on the bench. Good call. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, A grade. Uh, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't agree. Shocking. Okay, let's hear it. Well, his worst rushing day of the year is is nine for 81 yards and a score. Yeah, his worst and, rushing yard year uh, game of the year is coming up this Sunday. Oh, ooh, okay. They're giving well, up 2.8 yards per carry. This is the number one run defense in the NFL. 
That that is true, but it's also Christian McCaffrey. And when when they get behind, which they will, Bay, Mayfield showed last week they just targeted McCaffrey like crazy when they get behind. I don't know. You Niners don't think that you think don't the think Niners the catches and targets? Go. I think I think the Niners are good enough to snuff that out too. All right, we'll all see. Right, You're right. a lot more optimistic. I wouldn't give him an A. They're, they're, I wouldn't say I'm benching him, but I would give him. They're an allowing a. five to six receptions a game to to running back. All right, fine. You guys you are like Tom and B plus right now. B plus. Then I I do want to say <laughs> la- last segment. I failed to mention Rashad Penny. I don't oh, know yeah. how I did. I, g- I actually gave him an A grade. You look on paper and you think New Orleans is a tough a tough matchup for runners, but each lead running back this re- season against them had 22 or more touches, averaging over 100 yards against the seeds. Penny saw 17 la- touches last week. When he gets 16 or more touches, touches 135 in a score, 138 in two scores, 157 in two scores, 185 in two scores, 190 yards in a score. That's what he does with 16-plus touches. I see him gain that again in here. Well, maybe not those stat lines, but I see him getting those touch counts. A grade on Penny. Low A grade. Well, uh, going back, I like it. You notice you missed it. When we come back, we'll jump in the time machine and give you three players to pick up this week who you'll be glad you have next week. There was a little Alec Pierce last week. And uh, who else did we? Somebody else had a nice hit on that, too. I'm trying to think of who it was. Was it Tyler Algier? Is that who you mentioned? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Stay tuned. Premature speculation when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. This segment always leads off with premature speculation. We give you three players that are probably available in your league that you can pick up now when other people will be trying to pick up next week. Scott, 
I'll let you begin. Who do you, who is your premature speculation player? First off, I want a petition to get the quantum leap leaping sound as our time machine sound going forward. I think we should talk about this in in the uh, coming weeks. I, I, I'm I'm all for it. Oh, all right. I'm not, I'm not married to this time machine. Okay. All right. All right. It does have sort of a time machine feel to it. It does. Though. Not that I know what it would sound it, like. It does. <laughs> would it even sound like anything? We don't know. Why would it? We don't, we'll just assume. All right. Uh, Khalil Shakir. Is, is my guy. With a broken ankle to Crowder, who was splitting reps with McKenzie, uh, Khalil Shakir came in and split reps last week. McKenzie has a concussion, has not mm. cleared protocol yet. If he doesn't go, Shakir might be the starting slot receiver for an offense that targeted the slot more than any other offense in the last year and four games or whatever. Uh, he could start to ball out here, and you want to get him before he balls out, and then everybody's going after him with waivers next week. All right. Your premature speculation player, Brian. We got Jacksonville wide receiver Jamal Agnew, who scored twice last week with Zay Jones out. Uh, Agnew could be a key component uh, to the now dangerous Jacksonville offense. Zay Jones is coming back this week, so Agnew probably to the bench. He'll still play, but if one of the Joneses gets hurt on the outside, like uh, happened last week, Christian Kirk goes to the outside and Agnew's in the slot. If Kirk gets hurt, Agnew will take over the slot, and Agnew can produce when given the opportunity. He's now seen at least six targets in four of Jacksonville's last 11 games. And in those four games, he's averaging five-plus catches and 50-plus yards with three total touchdowns. So, Jamal Agnew. Is multiple Jones Joneses? The Joneses. Jones Eye. The Joneses. The Jones Eye. If either the Jones Eye were to get hurt, I think I'd like that better. And that's Marvin and Zay, of course. Marvin, yeah. Not, no, no relation. No relation. No relation. I don't think. My premature speculation player. Now, this is a little complex. Just stick with me on this, okay? This is fantasy football. 4,000 level. Okay. Okay. Cordero Patterson's on IR. Yeah. And that means he's going to miss at least a month and maybe more, but no less than a month. And without him this week, the Falcons are going to try Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley on Sunday in a brutal matchup with Tampa Bay's elite run defense. And they are likely to unimpress. Mm. And then conveniently, Damian Williams comes off IR next week to resume his spot as Patterson's immediate backup. He's going to walk into the starting job. You can go pick up a starting NFL running back right now for next week in Damian Williams. Now, he had Where a rib was this injury. complicated? That's not complicated. This, I, there's a lot. This, this, that, well, you're, you're a professor at this. Okay. For the layman, this Damian Williams angle is extremely sophisticated. Now, it's a rib injury for him. It's not a leg injury. It's not something right. that's going to hamper his running. And in all probability, he could have already come back. Um, now, it's a tough matchup next week against the 49ers for Damian Williams. So you, you may have to show caution on starting him next week. But after that, it's clear sailing. And, Damian Williams. And Arthur Smith mentioned this week when asked about him, he about next week's matchup, he basically said, we'll be getting him back. Yeah. So, so it sounds like he's near. Damian Williams available in, I'm going to make this up, 93 and a half percent of <laughs> Uh, let's go to our final set of matchups, beginning with the Cowboys taking on the Rams. Brian? Yeah, starting with Ezekiel Elliott. I was close to a bench grade here, but I'm going to give him a C based on volume. He's especially had, if Pollard doesn't play. Especially if Pollard doesn't play. Uh, Pollard on the bench either way, by the way. Uh, but Zeke has at least 15 carries in three straight games. And it's possible that Dallas dominates time of possession in this game because the Rams' offense has been that bad and Dallas' defense has been that good. 
But on paper, it's a bad matchup for Zeke. The Rams have allowed the fewest fantasy points to running back so far this season. So just the C for Zeke. Uh, the opposite, well, I don't know if it's the opposite of a C, but it's an A for C.D. Lamb. Uh, gone are the days of fearing Jalen Ramsey as a shutdown yeah, quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Holy cow. He's falling off that Josh yeah. Norman cliff. L.A. has been mm-hmm. shredded by wide receivers, allowing more than 17 catches, 212 yards, and one and a half touchdowns per game to the position, and Lamb has turned into a target hog, which is what we all expected on this show. So an easy A for CD, and a C for Michael Gallup and Noah Brown. Gallup's route participation was over 80% in his first game back last week. He also scored a touchdown, which is very encouraging. I like him more than Brown, but I would start both because, again, this is such a cake matchup for wide receivers, uh, but not so much for Dalton Schultz. He is making his return this week, but I have him on the bench. The Rams rank second in fewest fantasy points allowed to tight ends, and that includes shutting down guys like Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, and mm. George Kittle. Impressive. So I'm ben- benching Schultz this week, but uh, yep, Cooper Cup. Co- I still do it. Cooper Rush, and they're playing in the same <laughs> game. Cooper Rush with Scott's take a chance on me quarterback, so he is not on the bench. Uh, over to the Rams side, starting with Cam Akers, who is – uh, I'll oh, give him a maybe C. Maybe the worst starting running back in the league. Yeah, uh, Cowboys are allowing 4.8 yards per carry and more than five catches per game to opposing running backs. What I mentioned earlier, uh, Akers is still the starter, but he only had nine opportunities last week to the 11 from Daryl Henderson. Henderson was way more productive. Uh, that's why he was my take a chance on me running back. I like him more than Akers, so, but they both uh, basically get a C here. Uh, who does not get a C is Cooper Cup. Uh, and A, I, I want to say some things here. It's an obvious A. I think we have the time. 19 targets last week wow, for I Cup. Know. Crazy. The, the rest of the Rams Rams wide receivers combined for nine. Nine times they were targeted. There we go. Coming, nine coming. times. Nine times. Now the Cowboys are top 12 in the fewest catches, yards, and touchdowns allowed to wide receivers, but Cup has played over 50% of his snaps from the slot, meaning he'll see, he'll see plenty of fifth-round rookie Deron Bland, who was targeted 11 <laughs> wow. times last week by Washington, allowing nine catches for 98 yards. So Cooper sh- Cooper Cup should be in for a big day. Uh, Allen Robinson Ugh. probably not in for a big day. He is no. on the bench. No. For as right as I was on uh, R- Russell Wilson the last couple of years, I was so wrong on Al Robinson. Like that might have been my biggest miss. I'm not. I was, oh. I was very high on him too. I'm not. I'm, I'm not dropping him yet. But this is not the matchup for I him to get right. right. He is on the bench. Uh, Tyler Higby not on the bench though. I'm going to give him a B in the tight end wasteland. Through four games, he leads all tight ends in total targets. And the Cowboys have allowed the seventh most receptions to tight ends this season. So start Higby with confidence, but do not start Matt Stafford. I got him on the bench. The Cowboys have allowed just three passing touchdowns through four games, and just one opposing quarterback has been able to crack 200 yards, and that was Tom Brady with 212 mm. in week one. Stafford's offensive line is in shambles. It is. He's been sacked 16 times already, which is very bad news considering the Cowboys' only fourth highest sack percentage in the league. Yeah. It's Thankfully, be another long day. Or in most part, to Micah Parsons, who is just a beast. He is a beast. Final matchup is your Monday nighter. Raiders taking on the Chiefs. Uh, Devontae Adams, obvious A, but let's move on to Hunter Renfro making his return oh boy. from concussion. He's going to draw Legereus Sneed in the slot. Sneed is allowed a completion rate of 78%. He's given up two touchdowns and a passer rating of 121. He was targeted 16 times in his two games before the concussion Renfro was. So I think he goes back to getting heavy doses here and a B grade on Hunter Renfro. Let's get him back into lineups. That really hurts Mac Hollins. Presumably, Renfro is going to eat into the production you've seen because Hollins was good in the games without Renfro and did very little with the games with Renfro. 
So I'm still keeping a C grade on him because he's performed well. He'll match up on the outside with Jalen Watson and Rashad Fenton, middling talents with pro football focus grades of cornerback 52 and cornerback 54, respectively. So I've got an A, a B, and a C grade on the receiver. So I've got a B grade on Derek Carr. Real quick on Renfro and his yeah. two games against the Chiefs last year. 13 for 117 in a touchdown, 7 for 46 in a touchdown. We would take that. Yeah. Not, not bad. Uh, Derek Carr, every opposing quarterback has multiple touchdowns, and two of the last three have topped 334 yards. So I like that against the Chiefs. Chiefs' run defense has been great, and that's going to force more throws from Carr. Chiefs are seeing the second-most pass attempts, and that volume is going to aid Carr as well. I think he's a safe B in this one. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs. Our preseason talk about the Raiders. Remember in preseason we were like, hey, maybe they're just going to grind up Josh Jacobs and use him all up yep. and then let him go to free agency? Yep. That's happening right it now. It is. And that's good for fantasy use. He's got 130 more snaps than any other Vegas <laughs> runner. He's at almost five yards per carry, but the Chiefs are allowing the fewest rushing yards, just 52 per game, and they're only giving up 3.1 yards per carry. Now, here's where Jacobs can help you. Kansas City's dead last in receptions and receiving yards to runners. They're giving him 10 catches and 70 yards Jeez. per game. Jacobs is not a gifted receiver, but I could see him getting four or five catches for 40 or 50. He's shown that yards. he can do it. He can. Remember right. the overreaction because he played like two series in the, the Hall of Fame game and everyone was <laughs> like, oh, yeah. he's a bum. He's playing in the preseason. Right. right. <laughs> uh, be great on Josh Jacobs based on him uh, helping you out in PPR as well. Let's go to the Kansas City side. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are obvious A's. That only leaves us with a couple more players to talk about. Juju Smith-Schuster, behind only Travis Kelsey in targets, he's hauled in at least five passes in three or four games, so he gives you a little bit of a floor. Mahomes has torched the Raiders for 11 passing touchdowns in the last four meetings, so you figure this one has got a decent chance to be Juju Smith-Schuster's first touchdown as a member of Kansas City. He's going to face struggling cornerback Amik Robertson the most. He's allowed a score in two of the last three games, and he surrendered a perfect 158.3 passer rating against Denver's aerial attack last week. Russell Wilson led aerial attack last week, and that leaves us with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Inexplicably coming off his best game of the year against Tampa's elite run defense one week after giving you zero rushing yards. Total volatility here, but at least he's carved out some consistency through the air. He's hauled in 13 of 14 targets. He's scored three times through the air, and the Raiders are allowing the fourth most receiving yards to opposing running backs. So I think he's going to help you out one way or another and largely through the air. So we'll get a B grade on Clyde Edwards. Man, that says something for how you feel about him generally. Pacheco will take over that job sooner than later. Not this week, probably. Take over. Uh, uh, if you watch him, that guy runs mean, man. Uh, are we dropping way. Russell Wilson outright? Sure. Yeah. You know how I feel. Yeah, we, I, I've we, been, we I've been very clear about ago. it. We were we were in we were in lockstep on this weeks ago. Yep. Where we talked about how this was Russell Wilson, the guy we had saw early on was exactly who he was going to be. So now you're heading into next week's waiver claims. Yeah. I think you're dropping Russell Wilson. Wilson country. Let's Is drop. it even a sabotage? I I don't know that he gets picked up, honestly. I think he he's, just, he's just now an open roster spot it's for an, you. You're right. It's not a sabotage drop. Talk to me about the um, the backfield for Denver. What did we learn on Thursday about Melvin Gordon, Boone, anybody else that you might that might have caught your eye? Right. Uh, Boone looked a little – Gordon had over 100 combo yards, but Boone looked more explosive. He sure me. did, didn't he? Just 3.6 yards per carry for Melvin Gordon, which is what he's been giving you all year. 
Dude's bringing nothing to the table. And he fumbles. And, well, didn't, he almost fumbled. Almost fumbled, but did not end up losing a fumble last game. I think Mike Boone is still lurking as a potential issue and maybe Latavius Murray long-term because I don't trust Melvin Gordon to hold that at Latavius all. Murray hasn't fumbled in 21 games. There. Tw- <laughs> they, yeah, they 21 like games. That, no so. doubt. Uh, be sure to join a guillotine league. Still joining new leagues. You can get almost a full season to play in. And when you join now, lots of opportunities to get into the freshest new format in fantasy football. And while you're at guillotineleagues.com, You can go ahead and check out all my player rankings available for free. Thanks for listening, everybody. Best of luck in week five, and we'll talk to you next week. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.